Ladies and gentlemen, the impossible has been accomplished. 19 years of pain and agony. It's behind us now, Toronto Maple Leafs. And the first round curse has been lifted. That and so much more on today's episode. Let's get right into it. You're locked on fantasy hockey. Your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your co-host, Steel Roden, and your boy is back, Flip Livingstone, across the pond. He's joining us from all the way in Napoli. Beautiful trip so far, Flip. How's it going out there? <laughs> Steel, last night's victory from the Toronto Maple Leafs may have just put the cherry on my honeymoon. Yes, sir. And I think what I appreciate the most is, aside from you holding us down, and if you haven't checked out Steel's solo episodes, He's got you covered over the last couple of days, so make sure you hit the channel and subscribe. That was the cherry on top, and we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm -hmm. but much love for holding me down. The trip has been great. I'm almost back in the booth at home because you and I are just getting warmed up on this postseason coverage, starting with today's episode. Yeah, I'm glad you're having a great and fantastic trip out there. I've seen a couple of your Instagram stories. It looks beautiful, magical magical time out there in Europe. But yeah, special episode today. We have a special guest joining mm -hmm. us. Uh, he's been on the podcast many, many times. Blake Creamer, host of the Fantasy NHL Today podcast, Sports Ethos Production. He will be joining us very, very soon. But there's a lot to talk about. It feels like deja vu for the Edmonton Oilers. They take down the LA Kings for the second straight year. Mm -hmm. uh, a different tale for the Maple Leafs against the uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning this year sure. around. The curse has finally been lifted. The New York Rangers extend their series mm. with a dominant performance in Game 6. But, again, before we get to all of that, we will bring Blake Creamer on so we can talk about that Toronto Maple Leafs uh, catching lightning in a bottle, uh, winning Game 6 off the stick of Captain Johnny T. Let's get Blake right on here right now. And thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Here we are with Blake Creamer, host of the Fantasy NHL Today Podcast, a sports ethos production. Blake, thank you so much for being able to join us today on episode flip. Thank you so much. I know you're on vacation still, but being able to jump on after a big Toronto Maple Leafs win last night, moving on to the I'm second here. round. I appreciate both of you being able to uh, jump on for today's episode. Before we get into all the juicy topics for today, mm. how's your uh, how's your NHL playoff bracket challenge looking? Because mine's completely busted right now. Islanders out, Minnesota out, Rangers almost out too. How's the playoff bracket looking? Blake, go ahead, brother. You, you took the Islanders, my guy. What the? Oh, Bo Horvat, Islanders get the hell Islanders out of my sight. <laughs> no, all right. No, forget that. That man, yeah, he's dead to me. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking good. I'm looking good in the first bracket. I mean, I need New York. Uh, New York's got to take it. I need Colorado. Mm -hmm. So give, give me those, and and then we're cooking. I basically took the the safest bracket of all time. It's like, oh yeah, who's the top seed? Yeah, let's go there. Okay, that's nice. So hey, yeah, what about unlike you? March Madness in the NCAA, though the NHL usually tends to unfold a little bit more predictably. Aside yeah. from, I was in on the Islanders as well. My boy Ilya in Long Island, in my opinion, is on the cusp of being the best goaltender in the NHL, and I think we just saw potentially Andre Vasilevsky showing that maybe he's taking a step back. So other than that bold prediction, 
I'm perfect right now throughout all my brackets. So, and honestly, all that matters to me right now is picking the teams that I think still have a shot at the cup Mm -hmm. and the Oilers are still my bet. I know all three of us are going to talk a lot about that and the Toronto Maple Leafs are alive, baby. And I cannot wait to get to that discussion. So Steele, why don't you take us? Yeah. They are alive and they are well. Maple Leaf fans across mm. Canada, across the planet, all Maple Leaf fans are enjoying themselves for once after the first round. Maple Leafs win <laughs> in game six for off once. The stick of Captain Johnny T, second over or 2 1 overtime win. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading something last night uh, that, you know, back in 2016 when the Islanders beat the Florida Panthers, that it was. Johnny T, who won in overtime, 2-1 in overtime. And it was a 26-year drought for the Islanders to move on as well. And now off the stick again from Johnny T for 19-year drought for the Maple Leafs. So incredible job from the captain. But what an accomplishment. Uh, Something that hasn't been done for the Maple Leafs since 2004, 19 years. Mm -hmm. Blake, I want to start with you first. Have you watched any of the series? Have you been invested with the Leafs and Lightning? And if so, like, what did you, what's your overall takeaway? And what was, uh, yeah, your overall takeaways and X factors? from that Maple Leafs team. Yeah, no, I was invested for sure. Uh, Leafs are, you know, as I get older, I, I just, I just want Canadian teams to win. Like, let's get, yeah. you know, let's get the cup back in here. Let's get the biz. Um, to me though, I like the players on this team too. Like, you know, and I like a good story, like six first round exits. What the hell? Mm. Oh my mm. God. So, you know, t- to me, like that reminds me very much of like the Canucks, you know, before they made their run. And I, mean, I have to throw the Canucks in here, by the way. I'm sorry. Of course you do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, right. They, they uh, lost to Chicago, like, you know, two rounds in a row, you know, they were in their heads and it was, you know, they almost lost that game in game seven. And then they mm. flew to the finals, right? And that's where I see, I don't know, tr- finals for Toronto. I would love to see it, but um, they, they're over the hump, right? This is a mental hurdle. And yes. th- it's huge. Like anyone who plays sports knows like th- yes. that, like these guys are amazing players. There's no question. They're elite, but mm-hmm. you got to win a freaking round. Okay. So now that they've done that, I love the Leafs to like, and especially if Boston gets through, that was going to be a, you know, a potential issue. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to game seven with Florida. So Tonight, now yeah. there's there's a bit of a, you know, if whoever makes it through there, I like the matchup a little better now because I was like Boston, Toronto. I'm like, ooh, that's going to be that's going to be tough. But, you know, Boston's all of a sudden looking like a, you know, uh, dumpster fire, uh, you know, defensively. So ooh. what the hell are we doing? So uh, but I, anyways, yeah, I love it. I don't think the Leafs really <laughs> they, they got outplayed. That's for sure. So uh, in a couple of the games anyway. But mm-hmm. Samsonov, mm-hmm. well, like mm-hmm. I think that puts that to bed. This guy's a number one. He's playing excellent. And good I think point. they're over the they're over the mental hurdle. So I like really the good points, Blake. Yeah, and I appreciate that you are invested. And of course, you have to bring up those Vancouver Canucks because <laughs> that's what I your have heart else. is. Yeah, come hey, on. that's what your heart is closest to, and I appreciate that. But here at the end of the day, and I have a few notes here, boys. I've been on the coast. I've been sitting here typing up, watching way too many highlights. I got the wife in my ear. She's a little upset, but that's okay because she knows that we are dedicated to this content for the listeners of this podcast. And my bad for being a little bit in the wings. This has been 6,948 days exactly since the Toronto Maple Leafs have won a playoff series. And yeah, I've been counting, boys. Austin Matthews needed to step up, and he stepped up. You already mentioned Ilya Samsonov having to be that guy. And what a good time for him to show up in Game 6 
with the best performance of his career. Mm-hmm. So we got to show some love. And I appreciate you, Blake, for bringing that up. The man has defined himself as a goalie that can get it done. Sheldon Heath throws his lines into the grinder and comes up with a little bit of a special mix here. Do I think that's the recipe for success moving forward? I don't know, but I have a feeling we're going to talk about that in a second because to me, I think Steele wants to talk about who we'd rather face as Toronto Maple Leafs fans Yeah, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in my opinion, if you're okay to get right there before I say this, well, Steele. I wanted to say Go this ahead. real quick. I wanted to say this real quick because there's a lot to talk about from that. There series. is a lot to talk and, about. And we, and we can talk about, you know, we could talk for an entire episode if we really wanted to mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and highlight all the superstars like Matthews Marner who actually just like came out from the ground running and dominated the entire series. Five goals, nine nine points for Matthews, 11 points for Marner, Tavares and Nylander. But there was just so many good players in this entire series. I really liked Ryan O'Reilly, probably the best pickup at the NHL trade deadline. Mm-hmm. He was incredible in the face-off circles when it truly mattered uh, for a lot of those overtime wins and game-winning goals. I thought Morgan Riley was playing like a damn polar bear out there. He was vicious. He was Morgan he was Riley was a standout he for me. He was sir. insane. Yes, but on top of that, Matthew Nyes was sensational. Thank 20 you, years it. old Love in it. the first Thank playoff you, first playoff experience. Five plus shots in five games. Over 12 hits. He has three assists in five games. And he was on the ice for all three overtime oh, game-winning goals. So for me, Matthew Nyes ha- is one of the highlights from this series, especially at 20 years old. He's getting 14, 15 minutes a night. He, he was sensational to me. At the end Love of it. the day, though, realistically, yeah, kudos due to Matthew Nice, kudos due to Sheldon Key for putting him in the mix. But I think one of the people that we're not talking about who has taken potentially the most heat is Kyle Dubis, who has put together this team now ready to go for a cup run. Hey, yes, are they going to go there? Maybe not. Are we going to predict that they go there? I'm not ready to do it just yet because I need to see what this Rangers team does. And I know we're going to yeah. talk about that next. But to me, Steele, Blake, at the end of the day, I think Blake hit the nail on the head. This is a mental hurdle cleared for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And now, in my opinion, and I've been hearing some of these comments, don't think that because I'm not on the pod and Steele's holding it down that I'm not reading the comments. We aren't homers here. We are very, very clear about the quality of this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And now that that mental hurdle is cleared, yeah. The sky is the limit for this Toronto Maple Leafs team, and I don't care what anybody says. And if yep. the Florida Panthers can dust aside these Boston Bruins in seven games, which will be crazy, the Toronto Maple Leafs have just as good a shot as any team in the NHL, and I'm not ready to hear any other argument against it because of the quality of the lineup that they have. And that's exactly where I want to go next with this conversation. Thank Maple you. Leafs, they're now in the second round. They await uh, their opponent in the second round, either the Boston Bruins or the Florida Panthers. I never thought that we would be in this position. I never thought the Boston Bruins would be going to a game seven with the Florida Panthers. But what do you know? Sergei Bobrovsky comes in. He plays okay. Matthew Kachuk, dominant performance again in game five and game six. Blake, you you know, you're talking about the mental hurdle of getting over that first round. But what happens if you go up against the Boston Bruins in the second round? Is that another mental hurdle? that the Maple Leafs have to climb over? Or is it just because now they're out of the first round, they got over that, they're confident, they're buzzing, even it doesn't matter who they face. 
would you rather face Boston or would you rather face Florida? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the obvious answer is you, you don't want to face the Bruins in there, right? They're like they're, that's the best team, uh, right? Best regular season team of all time. So, Ever. but th- th- that said, I mean, what are they doing? What are they doing? Seven five. What the hell Walmart, was that? Allmark is shaky right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So to me, I mean, that said too, like they still got Swayman in the mix here, but yeah. that's a that's a that's a weakness right there. That's a weakness exposed at a horrible mm. time for the Bruins, right? So now it's Game Seven. It doesn't matter if they're the better team. That you know, Bobrovsky. That's how I like to say Bobrovsky's name. He he sounds to me like a like Bobby. a detective from like the nineties or something. Like, hey, Bobrovsky, <laughs> what are you doing? You forgot to develop the paperwork, Bobrovsky. Uh, but you know, like whatever. The, the guy won a Vesna. They they might be able to win that game. It doesn't, you know. Now it's up in the mm. air. So, mm. um, if, if obviously I'd rather face Florida, but I think if Florida wins this, that they they're gonna get demoed by the Leafs. The Leafs are on one. Like, to, in my opinion, like just because of that mental hurdle, right? So that that weights off the shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. and also the Leafs. Like, not just Ryan O'Reilly to me, but I wanted to mention like Noel Ashari, like Jake McCabe. Yeah. This guy played twenty seven minutes the other night. You know, he's a beefer out there. He's he, he hit, you know, seven hits. Luke Shen. Yeah. Like they, these are playoff type players. Right. And so the Leafs are built for that. And now their goaltending is solid, which it actually was Whoa. for most of the series. Right. So, yes, I, I do like that. But yeah, I mean, if they face Boston, I just think it's it's a it's a little bit of a, a weaker Boston mentally, potentially. And that's that's what I look at in the playoffs. Like you can look at all the stats everywhere, but. It's it's about the mental game, you know, and like these the Boston Bruins, they're they, their best players. This is the last shot for them, really, right? You know, like Bergeron's probably going to retire, so I don't know. They might be feeling a little pressure, and now they're game seven against Florida. No one saw that coming, so I don't know. Also, Maddie Kachuk, what a freaking beaut! Oh my goodness, yeah. He, like to bring it back to the fantasy side, Matthew Kachuk has got to be right there in the first round of every. You know, he to me. Oh yeah. Aside from Brady Kachuk, you know, I think you could, if somehow you could get Brady and Matthew Kachuk on your team next season, which obviously would be a very tall ask, you might have to be shifting assets in the dynasty keeper realm Uh to try and get those two guys on your team. But if you can somehow, my goodness. But to wrap this up, Steele, if you're okay with it, and I know you're leading the show today, which I appreciate. I actually like you leading the show. We might have to do this a little bit more. The Florida Panthers lost three out of four games to the Toronto Maple Leafs this season while allowing 15 goals across those meetings. As for the Bruins, the Leafs only managed eight goals against the Bruins while losing three of four. So I got to agree with Blake, but I will throw this caveat at you. That mental hurdle, and I don't mean to sound like a played out record, that goes so heavily in the advantage of the Boston Bruins. If they do manage to squeak through here, I am just so excited for round two because I really do think the winner of the next series, even if it is Florida, they might be the winner of that Eastern Conference because Florida's on a heater now. And I think Blake alluded to it. That confidence, especially if they slay the beast of Boston, they believe they can beat any team in the NHL. So that's something that you can't not ignore steal. Where do you want to take us next? Are we going to break? Are you reading ad yep. reads? Who's reading ad reads? Yes, We're sir. All over yes, the place. sir. Look, Get New York that Rangers, money. They, they extend their series to game seven against the Devils. That's coming up next along with the Edmonton Oilers. Moving mm-hmm. on to the second round as well. But first, of course, we got to pay these bills over here. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit. 
just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors or when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Don't forget, hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. Make sure you're checking out Blake Creamer's podcast mm-hmm. as well, Fantasy NHL Today. Blake as well on Twitter, Blake Creamer SE. Make sure you go follow him. Get the biz every Agreed. single day. Solid follow, Blake. We You've do been that. Crushing we do it, that. my man. Yes, sir. I'm yes, sir. I'm doing my best. <laughs> You're doing a great job out there. Yeah, Get the biz mm-hmm. every single day. We will get to that New York Rangers series. They extend their series to Game 7 against the Devils. Never thought that would happen as well. I'm a little bit shaky for Game mm. 7 with the blue and white over there. But the Edmonton Oilers, they're the king of the hill in round one against the LA Kings, defeating the Kings in round one for the second straight season. Mm. And really what I want to ask off the bat is, was this too much for the LA Kings? because of the offensive ability of, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid, or is there still something missing for the LA Kings that they need to address in the offseason? Blake, if you're okay, I'm going to take this one just because I've Get been away me. for a couple of days and I need <laughs> to just He's been waiting for this question. He's had a few Peronis. Yeah, he's good yeah, to go. I got to spout off at the mouth here because I think Steele knows better than most that I've been saying, throw 20 or $30 on the Edmonton Oilers to win the cup. What have I been saying this, Steele? Now, two years I've been saying. Last year it wasn't right. This year it feels right. And I actually don't mind starting with the Kings because shout out to guys like Adrian Kempe. On Skopitar, who are, you know, Adrian Kempe, make sure he's at the top of your list next season for fantasy drafts, number one. He's got legitimate 40-goal potential. On Skopitar, hats off to one of the classiest and solid player over the last couple of decades, and he's got the cup ring to prove it. But I got to say this, the Edmonton Oilers' offensive output was clearly too much to handle still. And the Kings are right there for me. They're right there on the cusp, and I don't think they're going anywhere in that Pacific division. They're going to be hanging around, and look, they went for their guy in Corpusalo, and he just wasn't good enough, in my opinion, because, look, the Kings held the Oilers to only 45 shots combined over the first Mm -hmm. two games, and an 892 save percentage and a 377 goals against, for me, it's just not going to cut it. And I understand you're going up against Leon and Connor. But my last caveat, Evan Bouchard should also have moved (laughs) right into the top of your options for offensive defensemen for next year's draft. And he has been sensational, logging almost 24 minutes a night. The Edmonton Oilers now, if they can catch a bit of goaltending, it's the same narrative, boys. If they can catch a bit of goaltending, Stuart Skinner's got to be better. They're going to have to be better defensively. But, oh, my goodness, offensively? Just too much to handle for the L.A. Kings. And this is a really good L.A. Kings team. So I think the rest of the league needs to be on notice. Because also, Connor McDavid hasn't even kicked it into McJesus gear yet. And that's another caveat that the rest of the league needs to pay attention to. 
Yeah, I would absolutely agree with most of that there, Flip. Um, uh -oh. Yeah, well, the one part, it, it's I, I, I don't think Corpusala was was weak, honestly. I, I, like, I it, agree with that. It, I don't, I don't think he was weak. The numbers would disagree just, with both of you boys because his I, shot total, 45 over the no, first two games, you can't allow understand. that many goals. Well, completely I'll tell you what I mean, understand. Flip. So yeah, you, go, it, you go first, it's, play. It's, it's honestly like the power play. Right. I mean, you, you, you put Edmonton on the power play, right? They, they scored nine power play goals in this series, right? It, it's, it, it's a different ball game on the power play. Obviously you want your goalie to make these game saving saves, but when, when mm -hmm. Edmonton is converting at that rate, like it, I, I just feel like you can't mm -hmm. really put that on the goalie per se. Like the, the chances are insane. These are beyond elite players. Like I think Corpusalo to me is a is a great addition to LA and I think yeah. he solidified himself as kind of their number one moving forward. I thought I loved the trade when it happened. Well when I mean, Phoenix just, Copley's your other option, he is the number one also yeah. holding your team <laughs> well, to he, 45 shots over two games. That's on the goalie. The team has done their job, boys. You gotta take a look at that. I hear what you're saying for sure. Um, mm -hmm. To me, I think at, like what I do agree with is that the LA Kings are right there. I think yeah, they just ran into sure. a hot, they, they ran into a juggernaut offensive team and these guys performed, you know? So, yeah. uh, and what I like about the Oilers too, is they had guys like Connor McDavid had an interview the other day, just saying like, yeah, it's, it's other guys too, right? It's not just a three man team here. Like we got guys stepping up like Clem Costin. What, what the hell? The guy played nine minutes, you know, he, he played unbelievable nine minutes. Guys like Warren Fogle, right? Um, Nick Bugstad. These are, these guys are contributing, right? And then Matthias Ekholm, like what happened to the Oilers when he joined them? They finally learned how to like play, you know, they got a defensive defenseman in there who can actually get the biz, you know? So my issue with the Oilers though, is uh Stuart Skinner and their goaltending, yeah, like you said, sure. like it's, that's the only, that's, that's the only, you know, potential problem moving forward. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, Skinner looked shaky to me. Yeah. Uh, he looked shakier to me than Corpusala, honestly. So yeah. it's, they, the Oilers just rock that's that's, that's hey, Corpusalo makes two or three big saves. This series is different, boys. That's all for I'm sure, saying. For sure, they for made sure. a deal I, I and sold off good assets to bring in their guy. They made him their guy. That's disappointing uh, I, on Corpusalo, straight up and down. I, I I honestly completely agree with Blake's take on this because I, I well I agree with your original take here that they're right there and they don't have to change anything in the offseason. This is going to be a team for a long time that. Um, is going to be a legitimate threat, but I, I didn't think that Corpusala was weak whatsoever. Cause you look at the first three games of the series, he had a nine thirty two save percentage in those first three games and they were up two to one. And, and the longer the series went on, no. uh, it got more overwhelming for him because of how, how insane that offensive group with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Evan Bouchard mm -hmm. stepping out in the in the postseason now too. So I think as the further the further the series went on, it just got more difficult and more overwhelming for Corpusalo because those first three games he had a nine thirty save percent. Even now, at, games, wait, no, allowed, first three, what, first eight three goals on forty five shots, boys. That's not first good enough. Games. I don't care. I don't care what team you're going up against. That's guys. fine. Look that's at the fine. numbers. Complete. That's not yeah, fine. Look, 45 no, look, shots, look, your team no, limits the, the best <laughs> offensive the, team in whoa, the league to 45 shots. Wait a second. Look at wait those numbers, Steele. Come on. You've been, I've been away too long. I got to keep look at, the <laughs> in right, here. Look buddy. at these numbers. 19 goals against for Stuart Skinner and an 884 save percentage. He, he was has way a worse, worse. He, he was has way worse. I'm just telling you, the offense was, you know, the reason they lost was their goalie. I, I I truly don't believe. Yeah, that. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't agree with that take. I, I don't think it was the goal. I think it was the overwhelming ability of McDavid and Drysaitel and their power play. They had a, they had a they had a near sixty percent 
uh, power play. David wasn't even nearly as good as he usually is. But okay, let's move on. Let's move move on. on. We'll move on to that. Getting salty. Getting salty. Getting a little salty here. We're gonna move on though. We will get to the Winnipeg Jets. Rick Bonus's comments. Uh, at that's the end salty. Of this episode that, that is very salty. Yeah, salty. very, yeah. very what, salty what from him uh, and his team or his players. But the New York Rangers extend their series to Game Seven back at uh, back in Newark, actually in New Jersey. Mm. I, to me, like you know, we talk about the Bruins going to seven games. I think I'm more shocked at this going seven games. Because I thought the Rangers, and this, again, Flip knows me. Like, I am very high on this New York Rangers club. They're my pick to win the Stanley Cup. I thought they were just going to dust the Devils aside. They didn't have the playoff experience. It looked that way with Vitek Vanacek in the net. But now Akira Schmidt comes in, and the guy's an absolute legend. He's out there playing like he's a top (laughs) top three goaltender in the league, and it's insane. But um, for me, the biggest disappointment so far has been Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. Besides uh, game six, they haven't been there the entire series. Um, But that's what I want to ask you guys. What's more surprising, the Devils winning three straight uh, and going the distance with the Rangers or the lack of production from the Rangers' two best players? Take it away, Blake. I took the last one, and clearly I'm a bit heated here. So I think you should take this one away. If you're yeah, he's getting brother. he's a couple Peronis deep, and honestly, you know, oh, I'm, a yeah. bit, I'm a little bit jealous. Actually, that's you know, that's that's fine. It's morning here in the Pacific, so whatever. <laughs> um, anywho, yeah, I, I I'm not surprised by this at all. Like, um, I did call for the Rangers to win, but this mm-hmm. is the Devils are a good team. They're a very good team, and mm-hmm. uh, they had a better record in the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of weapons. They brought in Timo Meyer here, which hasn't mm-hmm. exactly worked out. But um, yeah, I, I still like the, the Rangers. It, it's it's an offensive issue, right? Like the whole series, um, you know, but I, I do like your point about Mika Zibanejad, the guy, you know, thank you, buddy, for showing up. I really appreciate that. But what about, <laughs> you know, guys like Chris Kreider, Adam Fox, and obviously Shesterkin, right? These mm. guys, they're like, mm. I, I think when you have a goalie like Shesterkin and he's playing the way he is, I, I think I, I still like Oh, this is tough. Yeah, because now it's game seven in New Jersey, right? No, no, you gotta take the, you gotta. I'm taking the Rangers, but you know, on the road, game seven, just Mm. due to the the the. um, First off, they've they've been there, or they have a team that's a bit more cohesive than the Devils. Like the Devils, this is their first year. The year before, the Devils were in the bottom half of the league, bottom third of the league, and then all of a sudden they rocked it up Mm. here. So they're still trying to figure out how to be this type of team, right? And they're all young guys. They haven't really been there before. Their goaltending is whatever. Like Akira Schmid, buddy, you know, he's going on the all-name team. All right? I love that name, Akira Schmid. You know, but, like, obviously you can catch lightning in a bottle with these guys, but you can't rely on it. Shesterkin, you can rely on that. All right? This guy's killing it. And also, the reason I like the Rangers, too, New Jersey, they're the lowest-scoring team in the playoffs. What the hell? They were in the the top 10 of the league. You know, they're, they're the lowest scoring team. 13 goals. That's crazy. So, well, yeah, I, you go ahead, Flip. Yeah. What do you got? No, I just appreciate you coming on this show, Blake, because you come with those proper takes and you come with the stats because right at the top of my notes, if Eric Halla is leading your team in scoring with five points and you're headed (laughs) into a game seven, I don't think we need to take this much farther, especially when you already highlighted their inability to score goals. 
and you've got Dawson Mercer, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, even Dougie Hamilton and other guys who have having great seasons. Eric Hall is leading your team and scoring going into game seven with five points. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a concern. And I don't mind keeping this simple, boys, because I am so on Steele's side when it comes to this Rangers team's ability to get it done. And it's very interesting that you mentioned the chemistry. You know, that that jive that the team doesn't have or does have. And at this time of season, obviously, it's critical. So many new faces in New York. Kane and Tarasenko coming in at the deadline. And I think that's what you're seeing a little bit because when the Rangers play their game in this series, games one, two, and six, that's a combined score of 15 to four for the Rangers. And when they play their game, it's clear that they can take it to this team. And I think you made the clear points of why. So I'm not going to get into that. And I want to throw it back over to Steele for his take because I know he's ready and raring. But the power play needs to be better for me for the Rangers. Yeah. And registering only 30-plus shots one time. So they're finishing with under 30 shots on net every single game. And you got Schmid, who's been great. And you've got Vanacek. Steele said, I think you got to go qual- quantity over quality here. Mm-hmm. Throw that biscuit on net, boys. I really do <laughs> think if the Rangers got more shots on net, we'd be looking at a different story. I still have Rangers taking the game in Game 7. But Steele, what are you thinking here? Because to me, the clear quality and the Rangers, again, on the cusp, Kings, Devils, going to be here for a very long time, just not there yet, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I also have – well, I had Rangers in six, but now that it's going Mm. seven, I've got Rangers in seven. But for me, yeah, and that's the thing. It's great when you're able to get the depth scoring. And even though Chris Kreider and Patrick Kane aren't on the depth chart, you know, bottom six Mm. group, they're Mm. still in the top six. They're still producing, which is great. And that's what they were able to do in the first two games on the road. But when you go back to home and you're losing games 2-1 in overtime or 3-1 mm-hmm. with an empty netter, and you're getting zero production out of your two best goal scorers or uh, best goal scorer and playmaker in Zabinijad and Panarin, uh, it, it's a recipe for uh, failure, in my opinion. And that's what happened. The Devils won three straight games off the back of Akira Schmidt just playing his lights out. Uh, like a brick wall out there. So for me, I, I was more disappointed uh, in the Rangers' lack of production from their top group. Hey, and this is the thing. I think I kind of was a little bit, your question posed to me off air. Very good one, Steele. Are you more impressed with the Devils? Or are you disappointed with the Rangers? I'm kind of in the middle because, like I said, mm-hmm. when they do play their game, the Rangers have dusted aside the Devils. And I'll leave it at this before. I think we're just going to get a little shout-out to the Locked On Network, and then we're going to end the show talking about these Winnipeg Jets is before that blow up in game six, I got to show some love to, I agree fully, Blake, all name team, Akira Schmid. Akira Schmid, yeah. Five goals in game six, okay, ugly. But before that, in his three games, 0.63 goals against and a 976 save percentage. He saved this team's whole season. And I think he deserves a little bit of love. I don't know what that means going into next season because also I think we can all agree Vitek Vanacek has not established himself as a pure, yeah. surefire number one. So there's a lot, well, I think, maybe he, he going might get on a look. in New Jersey. Yeah. He, oh, he will for sure get a look. I'm pretty sure Mackenzie Blackwood's out the door next season. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a rotation of Schmied and, uh, and Vitek Vanacek Schmied. moving forward. Schmied! 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 Hey. 
I absolutely am love absolutely that loving this conversation, boys. Maybe it's because I'm on a few beeras over here on the Amalfi <laughs> Coast, but I got to just show love to all the listeners out there, all the supporters of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. This is part of the Locked On Network, your team every single day. And shout out to the everydayers who listen to us and make us their first listen every single day tomorrow on to on this episode you know steel's gonna be bringing that fire and i all those second round previews we might have blake back this week because he's bringing that fire as well i'm just hyped to be here boys i want to throw it back to steel though because he's leading the way today steel richie bones bonus i'm excited <laughs> to hear the take from both yeah. of you guys vegas goes on winnipeg disappoints what are your takes on this situation I, and his comments? I, I absolutely love it. And I want to, you know, I just want to give the gist out there of what he said. He walks into mm-hmm. the press conference. He's like, let's make this short and sweet. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disgusted with, disgusted with my team's lack of pushback in this year. Basically what he's been seeing since February. And for me personally, I love this from Rick Bonus. This is what a lot of coaches need to start doing, expressing themselves not behind closed doors. If you feel that way with with your team and your club, make sure the press knows it too. Make sure it gets out mm. there. I love the way he handled it. I actually don't like the way the players handled it at their end of the year uh, press conference when they were like, oh, I, I wish he would have spoke to us behind closed doors. I bet you he spoke to you guys behind closed doors for four months back in February. From February up to this point, he was probably on you guys about playing with edge, playing with pushback. And I love this from him. He made it short and sweet. He got to the point, very blunt with his uh, opinion. And Mm. and I love that emotion, just going into a press conference. I understand it's in the heat of the moment right after the game. And he did come out and say maybe he should have chose his words a little bit more carefully. I don't think he should have. I don't think he has Mm. any reason to apologize. And he didn't even apologize. He literally said that I will not stand for that type of play. In a, in a game like that, in a series like this. So I, I love what Rick Bonus did after that, uh, after that series. I have a feeling Blake might disagree with both Steele and I, and that's why I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Are you reading? Stephanie. I got no poker face over here. No, Steele, no, what the I hell? Just, look, what? look, here. Ricky Bones Bonus has been behind an NHL bench for 35 years. I'm 34 years old. So in my opinion... If there's anyone in the NHL as a bench boss who can call out his team after, come on, guys. Has that he was won a any cups? Disgusting Has he won any cups? Does any that cups really matter, though, in terms of calling out your no. team when they play like no, that? No, but hold on look at second. his performance resume. Any cups uh, there on, on there, Ricky Bones? Look, look. Agreed. But why don't you talk about a second what the Winnipeg Jets just did against a very winnable yeah. series against a Vegas Golden Knight team that had Lauren Bossaw in net. And when yeah. Blake Wheeler comes out, a guy who's been stripped of his C, not by Rick Bonus, but who has done, what, so-so over the last couple of years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here's my thing. And I'll leave it at this because I can tell Blake's coming in with this fire. <laughs> they didn't play Hot well. over here, damn it. Really no, no, no. They didn't play well. And Connor Hellebuck, everyone's talking about, oh, Jets steal a series. Jets coming in on a heater. Jets coming in. Connor Hellebuck faced way too many pucks. And Steele has my back on this because right before the playoffs started, I said, is anyone paying attention to how many games and minutes this man has had to log to carry the team? And no one was saying diddly poo about that. And now look at what happened. And in my opinion, here's the thing. At the end of the day, 
I actually kind of hear what Blake Wheeler is saying. If the coach didn't come out and say anything in the room and then he calls them out, that's total BS. You know he said it in the locker room. Oh, you know yeah. he said it for months on end. There was no pushback, boys. So that's, to me, your team not performing. Your coach's job is to call you out. Wake up and play better. You don't get called out. It's as simple as that for me. Mm-hmm. Also, check the ticker. 4-1 Vegas Golden Knights. No pushback, <laughs> boys. See you later. Good luck on the links. Yeah, no, I hear your point. So one thing I want to make clear is that I definitely Please. agree that that Winnipeg played like total garbage. I mean, it's not acceptable, right? You're in the playoffs. They played terrible. There's no question there. My issue is airing that in the public. I, I, I do not agree with that. I think like just in my own experience, like put yourself in the player's shoes. You're play, like you've sacrificed your entire life. You went to the morning practices. Your mom, you know, got you the, the hand-me-down whatever's, you know, skates and so you could actually go out and these guys have been doing it forever and now they're in the league the best league in the world and you got dingus mcgee up here being like what the, i'm disgusted disgusted that's not dingus mcgee though he's 35 <laughs> years in the nhl blake this isn't with no cups the team. That's no, not- no 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 not you that doesn't no, that bonus is dingus mcgee you're a legend what are you talking about there is no. not one person in the nhl realm that would ever call rick bonus dingus mcgee so you better be careful because i know you hit five thousand downloads one but you might one. be struggling to hit 10k if you're calling rick bonus <laughs> i don't well, i don't want to get i don't want to get rick bonus mad at me right so maybe i'll, I'll walk that back a little bit you just, better you know we'll just we'll just keep him you know just dingus not mcgee there you go all right yeah but uh yeah to me i think you get more this, this might sound fluffy but you get more out of being positive than you do being negative, right? Picture you're in that you're in that room to me. Like, not that he shouldn't be negative to them, right? He everything he said, say it to them. Why the hell are you but saying you it out in the public? You know, but, but you, did. you know, you know, have you like this is something I see too with with you know these coaches and stuff. You, mm-hmm. you hear players and coaches when they go into it, and it's always a surprise. They're like, Well, the coach never told me anything. And I'm not saying Rick Bonus didn't talk to his team. But there are like we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and I don't think it's as simple as being like, "Come on, guys, pull up your socks!" Like these guys are trying, they're busting their asses, right? And he's coming out here saying he's disgusted. That that's an insult. That I'm getting heated. But did Mark Shifley have one point? One point. Hey, remember what I clarified. Maybe that's not trying, bud. I'm sorry. That's not nearly no. So here's the thing. Here's here's my here's my take on this. Is that. Even if even if Rick Bonus didn't come out <laughs> to the public and say that, everyone else is saying that. So it's not like it was just yeah. him. Like there's us saying totally. it right now. But he's a coach. Analysts. He's a professional, exactly. right? Exactly. He's a professional. He's, don't don't be like a kid. Like. No, he didn't say that. he 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 addressed it like an adult. He addressed. I I understand the emotions are high. It's right after the game, but mm-hmm. he said everything mm-hmm. that was as clear as day and what went wrong with this team. When you look back to January and February when Winnipeg was actually top of the central division or uh yeah, central division. And that's, you know, he's like, he's like, look back to February. We needed more pushback. Then we were fighting for the top position. And next thing you know, they barely make it in the playoffs by one point. They had no pushback then they didn't have any pushback now. And, and I completely get it. You lose Josh Morrissey in game two. Good you points, lose Mark. Mark. Thank you. For you lose Mark that. Shifley in game four. You're without mm-hmm. already Cole Perfetti. Uh, I believe they were missing one other guy. Flip makes a, a spectacular point in how many minutes and shots that Connor Hellebuck played. And even, I don't know if you guys saw what Connor Hellebuck, uh, you know, we'll wrap this up very quickly, but I don't know if you saw what Connor Hellebuck posted the other day as well, right after the series. He's like, he's like, I had more fun 
in those five games than I had all season long. I play this game to compete. I've got mm. one year left on my contract. Mm. I want to compete every single year. And I had way more fun in those five games, even though that we lost way more fun. So I, you know what? We're at, we're at an impasse right now. I, I, I appreciate everyone's <laughs> opinions though. Um, and that's the thing, you know, it goes either way. I love the emotion. Some people don't like that emotion and they like to keep it in house and in the dressing room. Good point. And I understand that too, but I think at some point you have to be disgusted with the Winnipeg Jets because they're almost like the Maple Leafs. Not anymore, because if you look back to the last six, seven years, mm -hmm. the Winnipeg Jets haven't gone out of the first round either. I think they got mm -hmm. out of the first round one time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you look at that, look at it that way. Yeah, at some point you gotta you gotta get under your player's skin a little bit, even if it might come out the wrong way. And if Something it's here, and if, if you guys are okay with it, and because I actually do see where you're coming from, Blake. At the end of yeah. the day, well, you this play. isn't a uh, six-year, seven-year coach. <laughs> I don't care if he has no rings. There's no one better suited to call out his team for a bad yeah. performance. And let's be clear, this isn't like borderline okay. We're unsure about the performance. They were straight Garbo Josa, Jorge Garbajosa. So let's just be real about this situation. And I'm here for you, Blake. I'm here Thank for you, Thanks, you take really that behind that. closed doors. That's what sports is. And yeah. you address your team. But like he said, I've been saying it since January. No pushback. So that's where I'm not here for Blake Wheeler's yeah. comment saying he should have addressed it. Mans have been addressing it. And if you're a Winnipeg <laughs> Jets fan, something tells me. You're siding with the coach here because at the end of the day, it's not his fault that this team no. so vastly underperformed, in my opinion, which is, you know, imposed by a couple of Italian <laughs> wobbly pops here. Love that. But the second round is upon us, and Steele and I will be back for tomorrow's episode we to will break back, down yes, and predict sir. all of those series. Yeah, and before we wrap everything up, two games on the docket for tonight, the Boston Bruins in Game 7 against the Florida Panthers. The Colorado Avalanche in Game 7 with the Seattle Kraken as well. Both did not see him going the distance. Before we wrap up, real quick, I want one bet from each of you. Blake, I know you don't bet, but give me a bet anyways. From those two games, give me something. <laughs> Who do you got? All right, give me uh, give me a Kale McCarr goal in the Colorado. Ooh, ooh that would right be a there. stinger. Let's go. I'm going back to the well for my boy Steele. Miko Ranton at any time goal. That's not a bold prediction. The man's been the one of the only reasons yeah. that the Colorado Avalanche have been able to hang around all season long with all of mm -hmm. these injuries. I think yes, you sir. and I need to talk about this Nishushkin situation. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow, Steele. Yes, sir. But yeah, yes, give me sir. Miko Ranton at any time goal because this Colorado Avalanche team has been very resilient, and it's because of Nico Rantanen. If I wasn't going with any time goal from David Pasternak, Miko Rantanen would be my guy, but David Pasternak, one of the best score goal scorers right now, he's going to light it up in Game 7 tonight against the Florida Panthers. And thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you're tuning in for the remainder of the week. Second round preview predictions are coming up all week long. Blake, if you've got the time, we would love to have you back later I'm this worried. week any, as well. Any time, boys. Appreciate it so much. And thank you guys yeah, for tuning to in Blake. to this episode with Flip and I and our special guest, Blake. Have a great, great day out there. Good luck with all your bets. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Go Leafs, go.